I was working and I was just like so tired. I'm like, yeah, but I just need to do this. And I'm like, you know what? No, you need to go and have a nap. I ask myself these questions. I'm like, is this really such a priority? Can this not wait for a couple of hours or even till tomorrow? Are you ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment? If you are, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. I hope you're having a beautiful summer and getting some time to just be present with your loved ones in the sunshine. I am definitely trying to soak that up as much as I possibly can. But today I'm celebrating being joined by the beautiful Mel Deeg all the way from Australia for a beautiful conversation all around the theme of positive psychology and how and why, most importantly, we should be implementing that throughout our businesses in many different aspects. So Mel is a positive psychology coach she's an NLP practitioner, she's a time therapist, and she really specializes in helping females, ambitious entrepreneurs, create successful careers and businesses that are aligned to their genius zone, but while also ensuring that they are setting the right foundations to thrive in all areas of life using positive psychology. And you know that that is what I am so, so here for. And so we talk about the importance of really implementing well-being, not only into your business, into your life, but also the importance of doing that and how it affects the trickle-down effect within your business from your team members all the way to your clients. So I'm going to let this conversation get started. So get comfy, (laughs) pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for this beautiful discussion. very excited and honored to have somebody joining me all the way from Australia, who's technically a complete day ahead of me right now. Um, I met this lovely woman at a recent lunch um, with my friend Maggie, Maggie Collat, whom I know many of the listeners know from Think Like a Boss. And she was sitting next to me and I just absolutely loved her energy and knew that we had to have her on the podcast. So welcome Mel Deeg to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) So we have so much to dive into and we're going to talk a lot about the topic of positive psychology and what it truly means and all of the different aspects of how we can bring that into our businesses. But before we dive into that, I want to get to know you better and I want the listeners to get to know you better. So I'd love to know more about you and your story and how you even got into the theme of positive psychology as a business to begin with. Yeah, so I discovered positive psychology when I was doing my first degree in psychology and counselling. Mm-hmm. And one of my first assignments was, why are some people happier than others? Mm-hmm. And I discovered the science of positive psychology, which was very new at that time. It's um, probably like 15, 19, no, 19 years ago. It's been a while. (laughs) It makes me feel old. Uh, And it really spiked my interest. And then I just continued learning about it. I then worked as a psych for a little while. And then I went into human resources because I really wanted to make an impact in the workforce. A lot of people were coming into the practice complaining about their work and work issues. And I think just at my core, I've always loved work. Like it's always been something from a little girl, you know, I wanted to be an actress. I was like focused on that. And I was like, you know, so I think I've always had that drive to do work that I love. And so That's how I was integrating positive psychology in a corporate space. And then I went on to do my master's in positive psychology and then entrepreneurship. And yeah, so that's how I've really got into it. It's just been this like 
following my passions. And I just think like the work that we do in our lives, like it takes up such a a huge amount of our life that it should make you happy. And so I think that's, that's really been my motivating factor really. And thank God you knew that and followed that passion at such a young age because I think it can take so many of us a really long time to discover that. But I completely resonate with that. And I feel so blessed mm-hmm. and so grateful that the work I do really lights me up. I mean, I'm laughing because I literally was playing Taylor Swift with a client earlier today. And I'm like, this is my job, like <laughs> dancing to Taylor Swift at this moment in time. Like, wow. Yeah, um, so good. <laughs> but I want to come back to the that you asked at the beginning, um, why are some people happier than others? And what I'm really fascinated to hear more about is the science behind it. Because I think we hear a lot about be positive, have a positive mindset, um, have positive beliefs. And it can almost sound, I hate to say this, but a little wishy-washy, like positive. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what? Like it doesn't really have that much. It can sometimes not have that much strength or meaning behind it. But what fascinates me is that you've really looked into the the science behind it and the psychology behind it. So what have you discovered when it comes to that? So much. <laughs> I could talk for hours. <laughs> so, um, all right, let, let me get... So firstly, positive psychology is the science of well-being. So it's not sort of happyology. And I think what you're talking about, there can be that toxic positivity where we just focus on, you know, having that positive mindset and, and it's that wishy-washy where... The science of positive psychology has found that the happiest people in the world consistently care for their well-being. Mm. And so well-being actually has six core parts to it. So we all know like positive emotions is something that most of us think about in terms of like being happy, but it also means like engagement. So this is like doing the work that you love. It's about having meaning and purpose in your life. So the happiest people in the world, they have purpose. They have their their life feels meaningful. Mm. Relationships. Relationships are a really important part of well-being. Uh, achievements, so doing things that, you know, hitting goals and 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 feeling like you're achieving things and having that growth mindset and res- resilience. And then there's also health. So that's like our basic health, like you know, eating a good diet, exercising, sleeping, restoration. So they found that the happiest people look after, they have all those things. And the great thing about the science is what they found is that anyone can learn to look after their well-being mm. and then increase their happiness. So it's not just for the people who are maybe genetically blessed and, you know, there are there is that, but some people are happier than others because of their genetic predisposition, but we still have so much within our control that we can learn. Uh, mm. So I think it's like 40% that we can learn in terms of like improving our well-being, in terms mm. of our base state. So, wow. And have you found in the research that it varies, because you say around the world, this is what's mm. been, that it varies from culture to culture in the way that that looks or mm-hmm. what that means for that culture. I'm just thinking like, this doesn't just apply obviously to the Western world um, or the super wealthy. This applies to, I'm guessing, all walks of life, right? Yes, it does. I think positive psychology has is predominantly Western focused. Mm-hmm. I think more and more, you know, the science is only like 20 years old. So it's not new it, it, it is new compared to traditional psychology, which focuses on what's wrong with people. So there's more and more studies having a look at cultural, like different cultures. And I think there is differences in what is a priority. But I yeah. think in terms of the base states, these are the sort of the core things that we need and some cultures do it better than others. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking of the Italians right now who are like La Dolce Vita and like <laughs> and really savor a meal mm. or they have more family around them. And I'm just fascinated by how each culture really would incorporate that without realizing it. I don't know if you've heard about the blue zones. Yes. But yes. 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 So I think that is a perfect example. They're the happiest people in the world because they've kind of got it <laughs> so 
sorted and and Italy around there um are part of those blue zones let's share what the blue zones are I know this because my husband was researching them and he's like how do I live the longest (laughs) so basically the blue zones are uh people who you know they really kind of live off the land more they have family around them it's a lot slower pace Mm. uh than you know the the typical world that we live in uh that family is hugely important that connection that community and even by the work that they do you know that like they they have farms and they're so they're active all the time until like quite late in life and so they eat a Mediterranean diet and so these are you know that's kind of what the blue zones are Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and they found that those people tend to live the longest because of that which is just fascinating so let's talk about like meaning and and how we can all incorporate more of that inner well-being into our lives. It, it it almost sounds too good to be true. That's like why it's so fascinating to me. And it can be so simple and yet ch- change the trajectory of our lives, especially I think for us, well, it's for everyone. What am I talking about? I was going to say, especially for us entrepreneurs, but I think this applies to all of us. So I know that you're on a mission to help people incorporate, you know, inner well-being and outer well-being into their lives. How can, how do you love to support them in doing that? So if we talk about meaning, what the science has found that all people need to feel like their life is worthwhile Mm. and that it has purpose. And that's really what gets us out of bed every single day. And one of the determining factors in terms of people taking their life is whether they have meaning or not. Mm. So by developing and learning to cultivate more meaning and purpose in your life it can actually be life-saving yeah and so it's huge and I think a lot of it it comes down to asking yourself questions asking yourself what is meaningful what Mm. are my values and am I in alignment with my values Mm. and it's also doing things it doesn't in terms of purpose it might not be being an entrepreneur, it might not involve work, but it might involve, you know, being part of a charity or helping people, you know, and so, or being a mother, like, you know, it doesn't have to be this huge, big thing. I think that's where people get it wrong. Yeah. It's, it's just really tapping in with no judgment of like, what is actually meaningful you, to you? Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you say it might not even be your job or career. Like, it's, you know, some people maybe would struggle to find meaning within that, but you could find meaning outside of that. I mean, we are talking to a lot of entrepreneurs though. And I also know that after a while for some entrepreneurs, they also lose their meaning and purpose because their business has grown or they've developed and they've not reinvigorated their why, or they've not reinvigorated their purpose. And I think it's really important that we always come back to that. And it's okay if that purpose has shifted or if that purpose is transformed. Yes. I always say that our meaning and our purpose will shift based on the season that we're in. Mm. And so I think we can be so fixated as entrepreneurs that our purpose and our mission is this, And then things happen in our life. Like my meaning and purpose shifted a lot when I had my daughter, right? (laughs) And you'll experience the same. I can all, I was just going to raise that. I'm like, this is coming up for me. (laughs) Exactly. And so, and I think what happens, it's okay to almost, you have a little bit of an identity crisis Mm. at different points in our lives for different things that happen external to us or internal to us. And it's an opportunity for us to check in again, what are our values? How do we want to live our life? What's actually important to us right now? And I think as an entrepreneur, it's something that you should be reminding yourself regularly when you're setting your goals and especially when you're not feeling motivated is going why am I doing this why am I doing this why am I showing up every day who am I trying to help why is this really important for me Mm. and to get back to that point and I always love I remember hearing somewhere that your purpose should make you cry Mm. Mm -hmm. and it's like getting to that and sometimes it's hard to get to that 
you know, it can take a long time and I think it's being patient. Like I think people put so much pressure on themselves to get super clear on their purpose and their meaning Mm. as an entrepreneur. And, you know, I think it evolves as time. I feel like my purpose in a way has been very consistent, but the way that I've activated that purpose and meaning has shifted a lot through my entrepreneurial journey for sure. Mm -hmm. And my career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm thinking back to a time in my life, even when not that long ago, I felt a little stagnant, honestly. And I felt a little bit like I was just going through the motions and it really wasn't until I elevated my why and my mission. And I heard myself say it out loud again, that I got back into that. Like I I felt like I found that, that meaning again. And I think that it's very easy as well, you know, talking about money mindset for people to attach meaning to their money goals or to what their achievement is. And maybe that's something we need to touch on because that's rocky ground to really stand on as an entrepreneur. And this is coming from somebody who helps women make more money. But the actual catch 22 is that when you're just totally focused on that, you're actually stepping out of an abundant frequency. And Mm. when you are in your mission and your meaning, whatever that meaning might be and whomever's life that, you know, you want to touch, I think that you are standing in your value and you're standing in your power and that energy is magnetic. The rest will come. And I think that's also a big trap that people can fall into when they're setting their launches for their programs. Like they Mm. set a goal, but actually asking yourself, why am I doing this? Who is this for? And really making sure you're in tune with that because you might discover a different voice inside of you or have to alter a few things and that's going to serve you in the long run. It's, I actually did a lot of research around money and positive psychology recently. I want to hear all about that. And (laughs) you're exactly right. What they found is that people who focus as, you know, they kind of attach their success to money Mm. are less happy Mm -hmm. but in fact they found that the happiest people actually do have more money Mm. so money does make you happy Mm -hmm. but it's the way that you go about it and the reason why it makes you more happy obviously with more money you have more choices you have more flexibility you can look after your health better you know so there's all these benefits of having more money you can help more people and so I think that's a really important factor because I think a lot of, you know, we've been taught that money doesn't bring you happiness. And it's like, well, actually it does. It's actually how you go about getting money. And if you attach your success and too much meaning to the money, Mm -hmm. you'll actually be unhappier. And so what one of the, in terms of like managing financial anxiety, and improving financial well-being, they found gratitude is actually the the most successful intervention to improve your money mindset and and reduce anxiety is being grateful for the money that you have, for the money, what money has done for you already. Mm-hmm. And I think this is about when you're going for a launch, like people are so focused on the numbers instead of the actual people who've said yes. Yes. Yes, 100%. Like Mm -hmm. if you plan on 10 people and you got five people in your program, you are helping five people. That's five people to be grateful for. Put your energy and your focus into those five people instead of energy into the five people that don't even exist. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's really interesting. Mm. And, And beginning from that place of gratitude, I always say that, you know, we place these expectations on money will finally make me feel this way. And the big core teaching that I have is we have to know what that energy is that you've placed on there and start bringing that into your life now. And we do that through a lot of gratitude, like finding the gratitude for what you already have, because not only is it from a positive psychology as- aspect really supporting you, but it's also helping you be in an abundant state to attract more. And that's why yes. happy people make more money because you're in a oh. magnetic state. Yes. <laughs> Energy is something I love to talk about because there's lots of science that's something I'm really, really passionate about is energy. And it's from a positive psychology perspective, we call it the emotional contagion effect. Mm -hmm. And so we can either 
have create negative ripples of energy or positive energy ripples. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's there's a science behind good energy attracts good energy yeah. and it actually filtrates through all the different areas of your life and it is so important as an entrepreneur is to get yourself into that really good energy and that's where I always say like you know people are so focused on the end goal and the money goal and the success and their achievement but really what they should be focusing on is their well-being because that gives you good energy so how can we focus more on that let's talk about that I mean yes <laughs> finding the meaning but I know you even have practical tools for that it's, it's like the well-being comes it comes back to everything it's really the foundation and the root of it all what are your practices or your tips and your tools for people to incorporate that not just on a regular basis but actually a daily basis within their business yeah I would say it's an everyday thing yeah. and it's prioritizing it and knowing that one thing that's helped me is knowing that when I get myself in a good energy by looking after my well-being, I improve my performance. Actually, in fact, they, they've found that you can increase your performance in terms of time by 39%. That's when you actually are in a good energy in good energy and you feel good. And so for me, one of the, the easiest practices is before you show up to work, before you show up to a call with a client, before you do anything in your business, is to work on your energy. And it could be as simple as meditating, exercise, even having a dance, like you know, yeah. all of those things that or having having a laugh, like watching a video or you know, doing things that give you positive energy will actually increase your performance. And so I think one of the things that I always hear about entrepreneurs and, and people in general, they go, oh, well, I don't have time to focus on my well-being because I'm not getting through all the things on my to-do list every day anyway. And I'm like, actually, if you spend more time on your well-being, you'll find that the activities that, you know, the to-do list, you'll actually get them done quicker mm-hmm. and actually at a higher performance, like in a higher way than mm-hmm. if you just go, oh, I'm just going to get down and do my my things and not look after your well-being. It sounds bad, but like, honestly, I just call bullshit on that. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's like, mm. that's an excuse. Like, I hear you, we're all busy, but you have time to focus on your well-being when you prioritize it and you understand that it is not a question of when can I fit this in? It's actually mandatory. Like it's, if you treated it like honestly, a mandatory thing on that to-do list, then you would get it done. (laughs) And I think as, as what I was saying to you earlier as well, like I feel as entrepreneurs, we have an obligation like we have a responsibility yeah. to show up demonstrating well-being behaviors because too many entrepreneurs are stressed and burnt out and that's actually what leads to not being successful mm-hmm. and i think we have come from i think th- things are getting better for sure but it's not about hustle 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 until you burn out and i i know so many entrepreneurs have burnt out i've been burnt out as well like yeah. you know totally and get it. totally get it and it's like, as I said, calling your own bullshit. Like I even had it yesterday. I was working and I was just like halfway through the day and I was so tired. Like, you know, when your eyes just like, I was like, I'm so tired. And I'm like, yeah, but I just need to do this. And I'm like, you know what? No, you need to go and have a nap. Like yeah. what your priority now is to have a nap. And it's even like I ask myself these questions. I'm like, is this really such a priority? Like, can this not wait for a couple of hours or even till tomorrow? Yeah. And so, oh, well, yeah, it could actually wait a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it doesn't actually have to be done right now. And I'm yeah. like, okay, you need to shut your laptop and go and have a sleep. Mm. And so, you know, or go out in nature or have a walk or have, have some time out. And so for me, one of the, the best things that I do is I schedule things dur- throughout my day. And one yeah. of the things they found is restoration is key. So as an entrepreneur, we can't really prevent ourselves from being stressed. Like it's, it's, it's one of, it's actually the most stressful job that you can have. 
mm-hmm. is being an entrepreneur because we have the ups and downs and you know it's it's not it's it's it can be challenging sometimes and it's not about avoiding the stress it's actually about restoring from the stress mm-hmm. and so by factoring in times throughout your day multiple times during your day that is actually how you care for your well-being so it's not just about how you start your day it's about what you do a cup after a couple of hours of working and what you do in the midday. And, you know, so for me, I actually schedule different things during my day. I schedule appointments throughout my day intentionally. So I have to get up from my desk and go and do it because it's hard. Like I'm sure you're the same. Like when you're super passionate about what you're doing, you don't want to have a break. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You, you, you sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm, I love what I'm doing. Yeah. And I have to say that honestly, being pregnant has made it and like have given this like whole other awareness to me about the importance of self-care. And yeah. I'm like, I, I don't want everyone to have to get pregnant to, to really dive into this because it's like, now I'm like, well, it's not just me. I have to take a rest for like, it's the baby. And I've incorporated it into my life in a whole new way. And I found so much more ease and flow and moments of just spaciousness within my day. My assistant's amazing. She respects that too. And I can see her scheduling in breaks in my calendar. And I'm like, God love you. Thank you. She understands it. But why do we have to wait to take care of somebody else for that to be important when like we are just as important human beings and we have to nourish the inner child in front of in, in within us and especially for us as coaches i don't think we sometimes realize how much energy we're taking on we're mm-hmm. interacting with people whether it's a podcast interview or it's one of my 90 minute one to one sessions like that's a lot of energy and you have to honor that and integrate that within your day so that you have spaciousness to check in with yourself and be okay. Like you have to take care of yourself or how else are you going to take care of others? You're not going to show up. And that was the issue with me when I got to the feeling of being burnt out and like, oh my Mm. God, I can't even breathe throughout this day. Well, I'm not being a very good coach from that place. Mm -hmm. So I have to do it for myself, but I have to do it for my business and for my clients as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think like one of the things with learning the stats, like one of the things I've I found recently that positive energizing leaders, so people who look after their well-being, actually perform four times better than industry average. Mm, wow. Yeah. So next time you're like, I can't have a break. Yeah. That's a good reminder. That's like like a, a good stat that I remind myself. I'm like, actually. No, I want to perform four times better than the industry yeah. average. I'm going to have a break. I'm going to look after my well-being. And I think this is as a team, you're the leader, right? As a CEO, you're the leader and you can set the team culture. And yeah. so if you are a leader not looking after your well-being and prioritizing that in yourself, your team will see that. Even if you don't, even though you go, oh, I support your well-being, they will see that you're not perform, you're not prioritizing your well-being, mm-hmm. and therefore it, it's role modeling. They they will start adopting those behaviors because they kind of feel like they have to. And like I've worked with people who are incredible entrepreneurs, but they are they're, they're hectic, like in terms of that it's they're just so full on and their teams are stressed out and burnt out because they cannot keep up with the pace of the entrepreneur and nor should they, nor should they. They need balance in their life and therefore, you know, it filters through not only to your team but then if your team members are stressed and they're dealing with your clients, then your clients feel it. And it's yeah. and then this is how it, it impacts the profit of your business mm-hmm. is that if you have a culture of well-being and you, you really believe it and embody it and integrate it into your team and, and give them support to do that, mm-hmm. then your whole business will be better. I just have to pause this conversation for one moment to share with you something that I am so passionate about. Obviously, it's all tied to supporting you in really stepping into financial empowerment and independence for yourself. And that brings me to announcing that for this month only, 
In August, I am offering you my signature program, Money Mindset Magic, which truly is magic and has all of the incredible, powerful healing modalities and exercises within it to truly radically transform your relationship with money and step into a whole new frequency and awareness around it. Well, I'm offering all of that at a major discount sale price with over $500 off for you because I'm so passionate about more of you being able to access these resources and tools and radically up-level your abundance frequencies and change the way that you operate around money for life because it has such a knock-on effect on so many areas of your life. So if this is something that is speaking to you, it would be such an honor to support you within that container. Doors open very shortly this week. So it's only gonna be on sale for the next few days. So if you wanna jump on this in August, then head to the link in the show notes below. And my podcast listeners can be some of the very first people to jump on this beautiful sale invitation for you. So with the companies or the entrepreneurs that you see integrating that really well into their businesses, I'm just curious, what are some of the things that they do to nourish that? Because it does infiltrate then their team members. And then obviously if your team members are the ones that are interacting with your clients or scheduling things for you, what are some of the things that even if you don't have a team right now, Mm -hmm. You can start with now to set the intention of that moving forward as you grow. So one of um, interesting research paper I read the other day was about passion transference from an entrepreneur to their team. You know, as entrepreneurs, we are passionate. We believe like when we're talking about meaning and purpose. And so one of the best things that you can do as a leader is to share your passion and your purpose to your team. Mm. And I mean, even sharing that online on social media to your community, to your clients is sharing that passion. And I think that's one thing as well in terms of maintaining your own motivation. When you talk about why you are doing what you're doing and why you're so passionate, people are activated by that. And so that's a really important thing that successful leaders do. I think another thing is communication. And so it's having that energizing, positive, respectful communication. And that comes down from the energy. Like before you get onto a call with anyone, check your energy. Ask yourself, how am I feeling? What do I need right now? And go and do the thing that you need right now so you can show up in a good way. Yes. Yes. I think that's one of the things as well. I think also as an entrepreneur, you know, we work all crazy hours, right? Especially when we're online, our team might not see that we've had the whole day off, Mm. right? And then we've decided to work at 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. as an example. And so we have all different ways of working. And I think I don't believe in the nine to five or you have to work. You know, some people work better early in the morning, have big gaps during the day, but your team doesn't see that. And I think it's also being mindful of what time zone they're on and what is happening in their life. So an easy thing that we do in our team is with Slack, you can schedule messages. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes, you can. And I think it's a really such an important hack is because when you're like, I I do it all the time. Like, you know, you write a message and you just like, because you're in the moment and you're like, this person needs to do this. But then I check myself because I'm in Australia. So we work with people in the UK and the US and I'm like, it's a Sunday night. So my Mondays are quite tricky, right? Because my Mondays are Sunday night for the US team. And so I have to go, okay, actually, I look up the time zone and I schedule the message for their time zone in the morning. That's awesome. I love that. So it's little things like that as a leader. It's just being mindful and going, actually, I don't want to disturb them. Or Mm -hmm. even if I'm working at a time that they would be like, that's like 10 o'clock at night 
for Mel right now. Mm-hmm. I'll schedule the message so it doesn't look like it's at 10 o'clock. Because <laughs> like, I don't want them to think that I'm just working nonstop because I'm not. I'm yeah. definitely not. Yeah. So I think it's even just that awareness and mindfulness as a leader of like how your behaviours or the, your working rhythms could actually affect other team members because you don't want them to be feeling pressured to work until 10 p.m. at night because they don't know that you've had all that time off during the day. Definitely. And I think that you can also turn your notifications off. So if, Mm -hmm. for example, you're working in a company or, I don't know, another team member is messaging you, you also have to be self-aware enough to protect your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I do. I'm like, well, I can't control when somebody's going to email me or when someone's going to message me or if a client is going to reach out at what does happen like midnight because it's 8 a.m., 9 a.m. their time. But what I can control is what I'm available for and when I'm available for it. And that is so has been so fundamental within my business for me and for my mental health and my well-being is knowing when I'm switched off and knowing when I'm present And when I'm switched off, not allowing anything to infiltrate that. So that can be as simple as turning off my notifications. I don't even have Slack on my phone. I purposely don't. I have it on my laptop because I know if I open the laptop, I'm in work mode, but I put the laptop away when I'm not. So I protect my boundaries. I don't have email notifications even pop up on my phone. I have to actively go into my emails Things like that genuinely protect my energy because Mm. I'm very sensitive to that. And so if I saw a message come through at 9 p.m., I might be awake that night thinking about that message. So yes to exactly what you're saying and company culture, but also yes to you knowing what your boundaries are and having those in place. Yes. And allowing your team to have boundaries too. Totally. And I think that's something as entrepreneurs because we want things fast yeah sometimes we're like oh damn they're not working the weekends and it's like yes they should not be working the weekends and you have to wait or if you know if it was needed then we we need to plan more so we don't get into these situations and so I think it's constantly looking at problems in the businesses or what um, Nick and I always call like uh, bottlenecks is okay, this is a bottleneck. How can we prevent this from happening in the future by planning and setting up processes around this so we can respect everyone's boundaries around this? Mm-hmm. I love that. I really do. I think it's just so important as entrepreneurs and people who are working around the world um, online to be able to have those boundaries. And I'm so glad mm-hmm. that you guys are incorporating that into your company culture. And I also know you have like three time zones off at least four going all at once. It's super important. You also mentioned though communication. And I think that that's really important because that has a huge effect on the energy of your business. And you can feel it when you interact with a business who has a really positive company culture when it comes to that. And you really feel it when a company doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that also begins with the leader. Could you speak into that a little bit? Like, I also know we haven't even talked about who Nick is, but we'll get to that in a moment. But I know when I interact with her team, you can tell that there's training on that. Like, you feel that they've been taught to express in a certain way. And it's very important for me and my company as well. Hmm. How do you see that fitting into the positive psychology aspect and how we interact and communicate? So firstly, my HR girl will come in and say, it depends on, you need to do good recruitment, <laughs> recruit yeah. the right yeah. people, right? So that's really important. So I think culture fit is such an important part of the recruitment process. We can get so focused on the actual skills, which is very important, but I will never, ever recruit someone if I feel intuitively and the way that they respond that I'm like they might have all the skills in the world but their cultural fit, that the way that they show up, no, it's like a hard no. And so I think that something is really, really important and so something positive psychology talk about is high quality connections. And I think this is a really important concept when we communicate, especially when you're communicating online 
like Mm -hmm. via WhatsApp or Slack or is to really come from that positive energy. So it's, again, it's, it's coming from that respect. It's, it's valuing that tiny little interaction with someone. It might be a microsecond, but it's about when you're like showing up on Zoom, that you're smiling, that you're energized, that you're present. Yeah. They have a long-term effect on the quality of relationships. People make judgments in microseconds about whether they, it's like how we met. You're like, you've got really great energy. I'm like, you've got really great energy too, right? It's like that was a, wasn't a very long period of time that we met each other, but we could sense that immediately. And so I think that's something when you're communicating, it's like I say even when you're writing, like before you write, before you do any type of communication, get yourself in the right energy and it will flow and people will feel it. They'll yeah. feel it. Definitely. And I think one of the things that like, we love each other on the team, like we, like we, we invest time in getting to know each other and we like there's mutual care and like trust and love like we we you know there's that's that positive emotion like we're each other's hype team you know <laughs> um and we appreciate everyone's zone of genius and we're constantly asking that question are you in your zone of genius are you enjoying so it's like again that kind of love the work that you do is making sure that everyone is loving the work that they do because they're going to show up and communicate in a positive way as well I love that. And we've mentioned her name. So you might as well add in (laughs) how you have incorporated positive psychology into lots of other women's businesses around the world with the support of Nick and and what you both are doing together and you're creating. It's amazing. So can you speak to that and share with um, the the listeners what that co-creation is? So Nick is Nick Pigeon and she is a business coach, positive psychologist, amazing human being. And so we started working together a couple of years ago and we created the Positive Psychology Coaching Academy. And so we train coaches, entrepreneurs, business owners, even HR professionals, corporate people in the science of positive psychology with the intention of how they can integrate that into their business and into their niche. And so one of the things about positive psychology, it's like an umbrella. So these concepts and these theories can be integrated in so many different niches. And that's what we're really passionate about. It's like, how you show up as a leader or an entrepreneur, a business leader, but how you show up in with your team, within your company culture, and then also with your clients as well and helping your clients get results. And so we talk, we teach interventions and science and everything like that. And in terms of my role within the business, we we just get along so well and things just evolved. And now I'm her COO of the business. And I, it gives me this beautiful opportunity to use my HR skills and really practice what I preach is making sure that we integrate positive psychology within the business itself. And so I get to teach, but then I also get to practically use it with our team as well. So it's, yeah, I love it. And I actually have a couple of friends who have been through your academy and program. And I I know that a lot of it is actually about them going through the positive psychology processes themselves. And so Mm -hmm. how important is that aspect to begin with? Oh, (laughs) in the first place. (laughs) I'm like so passionate about that. You, I, I don't believe you can teach positive psychology until you embody it yourself. So the way that we've set up the certification is that you actually get into a pod and you coach each other using the positive psychology theories and interventions. So you have that well-being transformation mm. as well. So then you can actually teach it. I, I feel like if you haven't embodied it yourself, and I, I see this as just like coaches in general. Yeah, this like, is for please, all of it. <laughs> this for all of it. If you have not done the work yourself and embody it and have experienced the benefits, please don't teach it until you have. Yeah, I completely agree. I couldn't be a money mindset coach if I hadn't have been through 100, like this full on journey of that myself and be embodying the teachings myself. Not to say though, that you 
it's always magical and perfect, but are you bringing in the tools that you're teaching to consistently grow? That's so important. You know what? Like life is always with its challenges. And I think every person I know is going through something hard right now. But I think the difference between someone who has consistent well-being or does the work is that they ask themselves going, I'm having this challenge right now. What interventions do I need or support do I need? And they go and do them. And so I always say to people, if you've got something challenging right now, what are three things that you can do to support yourself and go and do those things? And that's something that if people who know me, I have challenges in my life, but I go immediately and take action to support myself through whatever I'm going through in that moment. And a lot of the time people go, I had no idea you were going through this challenge. And I'm like, yes, because I'm doing the work alongside the challenge always. I love that. This is so fascinating. And I'm so grateful for you for being here. I have one last question that might lead to another one. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) What are some things or questions that our listener could start asking themselves to really support the beginning of that positive psychology um, awareness for themselves to start really tapping into this well-being aspect for themselves? So the first thing that I would always recommend is to ask yourself every day, how do I feel and what do I need? Mm. And I think that simple question helps you recognize one, how you're feeling and without judgment, but then also putting in those supportive factors to support how you're feeling on that particular day. And mm-hmm. so I think that's so important. As I said, if you're, chal- you're waking up and you feel tired, go, okay, like how can I reschedule my day a little bit? Or what, what are some of the restoration breaks I can put in to support myself getting through today? That's yeah. a perfect example, right? Uh, I think in terms of motivation, one of the things that I always ask myself before I start work is, why am I doing this? Why is this important for me? And so I think if you tap into what's meaningful for you every single day, it makes your day easier. Mm -hmm. Like it makes you show up and makes the day quicker. And especially when you're, you're, you know, we all do things in our business that we don't like love, love, you know, there's like, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's business. We can't love everything we do, but it's asking even just for the task, what is this task leading to? Why is this task important? Mm. Who is this serving? And I think in terms of another thing with work is what environment do I need? Do, do I thrive in, in doing my work? And so that's when you sort of tap into your strengths, which we haven't talked about much, but it's like tapping into your zone, zone of genius and go, what activates that zone of genius within me? What type of work, what type of environment? You know, for me, music is something that certain tasks, it accelerates my performance. I, I'm like a vibey person. So like having candles on and essential oils and, you know, creating a beautiful atmosphere before I start work yeah. is something that knowing that with yourself, some people work better in cafes, having all that noise around them, you know, so it's like learning that for yourself. And then I think lastly, I would, you know, in terms of checking in with yourself every week and going, looking at your week and going, what do I need to do to support my well-being for this week? And mm-hmm. so, you know, I every week on like the Sunday, look at my week and I'm like, what, you know, some weeks are busier than others and go, what appointments can I book in? What time can I block off? What are the supportive things I can do to really have that consistent well-being throughout the week, even though I might be really busy. Yeah, I love that. Honestly, I want to put a post-it note up on my laptop now that says, why am I doing this? It's the simplest question, but how often do we just go into autopilot and we're doing the tasks and not really tuned in and it comes back to everything. Like 
I could have asked myself that question right before our podcast interview. Like, why am I doing this? Well, I'm doing this because I know people are going to hear something amazing in this interview that is going to resonate with them and perhaps be life-changing for them. Oh my God, what better motivation than to show up on that? Or why mm-hmm. am I doing this? Why am I posting this? Why am I sharing this on my stories? And when you release the thought that it has to happen for you to make money or that has to happen for you to hit your goals you're actually going to set your money goals free and inevitably create not only more happiness, but also more abundance for you. So I just love that. It's profound and yet simple. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's one thing I've do even through a sales process. And I know it's always tricky for people, right? That used to be so tricky for me as well when making sales is I'm And I know like it's really hard when you're first starting out and you like you try like you want to be successful, you need the money, right? (laughs) Like it's like you're trying not to attach to the to the like the sale. But for now, like I don't even care about the sale. Like I care about the conversation. I'm, you know, curiosity in the person and even just helping them through that conversation and having them to have light bulb moments is more important for me than the end goal. So a lot of times I'm like at the end of the month, I have no idea how many sales I've made. (laughs) You know, I don't even like, like Ali's always like on our teams, like tracking them. And I'm like, I have like literally no idea until the end of the month. And it's like, that's how I choose to operate because I'm having so many conversations with people but I'm not focused on the end goal with the money. I'm focused on the conversation and the impact and why I'm having this conversation, why it's important for them to, you know, invest in the business accelerator because I know it works or why they should join the Positive Psychology Academy. Like I'm focused on that and the importance of what I know it can do for them rather than making that sale. I love that. It's really the most beautiful grounded place to show up for when it when it comes to sales, when it comes to any kind of mm-hmm. energy exchange. Mel, this has been so beautiful. I knew that it would. Where can people find you, learn more about you and connect with you? So my place is Instagram. So it's just at Mel Deeg. So that's M-E-L-D-E-A-G-U-E. Um, and then that's that's where you can find me. And yeah, you can also check out our um, Positive Psychology Coaching Academy. We also have a podcast that we've done a podcast series all about it, which goes more into the science of positive psychology if you're interested. So yeah, that's all on my Instagram too. Amazing. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Australia. I'm really grateful for being here. Thank you so much. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. (laughs) So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.